Are you ready for retirement? Do you feel comfortable about your years of retirement? Many women don't feel ready or have some questions that need to be answered. Welcome to Women Seeking Blissful Retirement with Maria Lucasen. We've got some amazing guests and terrific ideas to make sure you are preparing and enjoying retirement. Now, here's your host, Maria Lucasen. Hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. I'm so happy that you are listening to the podcast of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. It's um, on the empowerment channel of Voice America, the largest radio platform in the world of talk radio shows. Welcome to all my listeners here in the United States and Canada. But I also have listeners I saw in China, in Australia, in, in countries in Europe. So welcome, welcome. I'm so glad that you are listening today and that you are making time to think about topics for your next chapter in life, your retirement, and that you are planning and preparing for it. So my name is Maria Lukasen, and I am excited. I am a certified retirement coach, and I help women find joy and meaning in retirement. Ideally, we make plans before starting the next phase in life. After working for over 40 years, I want to be able to do what I want, when I want, and where I want it. At the same time, I see how opening up about this next chapter has given many women a new perspective about retiring. And I am compelled to use my voice to bring awareness and motivate women to choose a vibrant lifestyle in their next chapter. That I feel is a legacy I want to leave. So if you are retiring this year, or maybe did last year, and have not prepared for the changes in this chapter in life, but would like it to be the best time of your life, then I invite you to join my 90-day group program, Next Chapter Roadmap, that starts in September. So as always, I want to start this episode with an affirmation for this month. And I am briefly going to tell you what an affirmation is, just in case you don't know. An affirmation opens the door. It's the beginning of a path of change. In essence, you are saying to your subconscious mind, I am taking responsibility. I am aware that there is something I can do to change. When I talk about affirmations, I mean consciously choosing words that will either help eliminate something from your life or help create something new in your life. Affirmations are like seeds planted in soil. Poor soil, poor growth. Rich soil, abundant growth. The more you choose to think through what you say and think, that makes you feel good, the quicker the affirmations work. So the affirmation for today is, I will emerge from this experience as a happier woman. So I hope that when you listen to our podcast today, it has a, a, a topic 
that is very concerning. It's a serious topic for many uh, women, and it's an experience that is not so fun to have. So I'm talking to um, a speaker and a friend that I, I just met, but we get on really well, and we have a topic about um, what is happening more and more in um, in, in, in a life of women who are over 50. The topic that we want to talk about today is about gray divorce. So my speaker today is Linda Hirschman. Linda, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you have time today to be here and to talk with me about this topic that... Uh, has so many women and also men involved in in the middle of their life that I didn't expect really to happen. Thank you, Maria. And I am a happier woman today because you invited me to be a guest. Okay. Yes. Uh, so we are all happy people if we want to be just when we see the opportunities like you and I talking for me, this is like a little miracle happening today. Um, so I'm, I'm so there's always possibilities to see something from the positive side, but the topic really is, is a, is a, it's a difficult topic for many people. So let me first introduce you to our audience by giving them a little bit of your bio. And then we go, go and start chatting about why this all is happening nowadays, this great divorce. So Linda Hirschman is a licensed marriage and family therapist who has been dubbed a pioneer in the field of gray divorce by the podcast host for the American Association of Marriage and Family Therapy. She became interested in gray divorce or splitting up in later life when she noticed how many couples and individuals over age 50 in her private practice consider or pursue divorce. Linda is an AAMFT approved supervisor, preparing therapists for licensure as LMFGs. So that is the licensed marriage and family therapists. She has presented nationally and internationally on gray divorce and adult children of divorce. Important. She is a frequent guest on podcasts with a focus on relationships. When Linda is not seeing clients, managing her group practice, the Couples and Family Wellness Center in suburban Philadelphia, and writing books and magazine articles, she loves to travel, huh? Yeah, hike, and attend craft shows. She possesses mad knitting skills and was knitting before it was cool. Oh, I love that knitting. I did knit a lot of stuff when I was younger. I have a half. A pullover somewhere in a box from 20 years ago. I have to pick it up when I, and start um, doing it again. Knitting is a, is a really great hobby to have, which is very relaxing, I think. So I don't know if and that, yeah. It's also very therapeutic. And by the way, this is totally off topic, but I know you are in Florida and my favorite knitting store, believe it or not, is in Lake Worth, Florida. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. So yes. the pillover, what I was knitting is for winter time. So that's probably why it's still in the box. You know why I have not finished it. But yes, um, it, it, uh, I, I, I love to do that. So it's, it's a hobby that I want to do again when I retire, uh, hopefully very soon. So, but today I wanted to talk with you about gray divorce and um, you wrote a book about it. Um, we will we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, in, in this episode. So, but how did you get the idea of writing about um, this specific topic and, and, and uh, helping people with the book about um, the topic to, to see what the opportunities possibilities are, how to how they can heal from it. Well, that's a story. I had started writing about gray divorce. I, I've done a lot of freelance writing for a very long time. And okay. I in researching an article about alternatives to litigated divorce that I was writing, I came across the term gray divorce and it struck me. I did some checking into it and realized how not only how prevalent it was, but how many of the couples I see are age 50 and over and how many of the couples I work with who are deciding whether or not to divorce are age 50 and over. So I began really paying attention to it and learning everything I could, even though I'm well over 50, I hadn't really given much thought to what are the differences in divorcing in later life as opposed to earlier in life. So I made sure to learn about that, started yeah. using it with my clients. And then I got an invitation to present at an international family therapy World Congress that was being held in Scotland in 2019. I wanted to go to the conference and I was thinking, what could I present on that has universal appeal? Yeah. So I started researching to find out whether or not gray divorce was a US thing or whether it's a thing. And I found out gray divorce is happening worldwide in every country where divorce is legal. Yeah. And I submitted the conference presentation, the proposal. In about a half an hour, they got back to me and said, yes, please come and present. So I went to Scotland and my husband and I went, my husband came with me. We parlayed a three-day conference into a 15-day road trip we were driving around <laughs> Scotland and then Ireland. Okay, and nice. While I was, yeah, while I was there, I got a call from the acquisitions editor from a major publishing company. And she asked me, have you considered writing a book? Oh. I said, I hadn't thought about it, but if you're calling me, I guess I better think about it. And as part of, I had to submit a book proposal. And as part of the process of submitting a book proposal, you have to do a market analysis, which is where 
you figure out if you have a book and what the book is. As I started doing the research, what I saw is there were plenty of other books out there about gray divorce, but they fell into a few categories. One was the seminal book called Gray Divorce that was written by two sociologists. It was, it's a very, very thick research heavy sociological study, which the lay person is not going to pick up and read for information on how to get through this. Yeah. And then there were books written by divorce attorneys and financial planners. There were some books written by people who have survived and thrived after gray divorce. And then there were the books I dubbed the girlfriend's guide to gray divorce books. And these were books mostly written by women in their forties and fifties, whose husbands left them for younger women. And the tone of the book of these books are, okay, girlfriend, I'm going to show you how to live your best life and make him regret that he ever left you. And so what I was looking at as I was doing this research is what is not there. And I realized very quickly that there was nothing comprehensive that covered all different aspects from the family, from the pros, the cons, nothing objective written about it in a comprehensive way. There was nothing systemic that took the whole family system into consideration. And as a licensed marriage and family therapist, I am always thinking systemically how, what is the impact Uh on everybody? Yeah. And there was nothing that was culturally inclusive. And so my book also includes LGBT, gray divorce, divorce among people of color, divorce when Mm -hmm. there's mixed orientation marriages where one person comes out as lesbian or gay or transgender later in life. Yeah. Yeah. And so... I realized I had a book here and ultimately I turned down the publishing contract and decided to self-publish for reasons that don't really matter, except to say that to paraphrase Bob Dylan, I gave them my heart and they wanted my soul. And so that is how great divorce, everything you need to know about later life breakups came to be. Okay. Um, I, um, yes, I, I, I see, I, I, I read the book, at least I started, I, I didn't finish it all, but the, the way how you have written it, it includes all the diversity of our world in looking also at people who have a different perspective, uh, and a different relationship to marriage as the normal um, man and woman in a marriage, and they all have their issues. They all have um, the reasons to break up after a long period of being together. So, the great divorce is something that 
well, there's a, more baby boomers now, so maybe that is why the number is increasing. But yeah, it, 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 you, I don't recall it from when, uh, say, 20, 30 years ago, that it was a factor, that there was something that came up, that people after 40 years of marriage all of a sudden uh, got a divorce. It, it just seems like there is um, more people who are making that choice to say, okay, I don't think we will uh, stay together. We want to split up. So how has that come? What are some of the reasons to, that um, the great divorce is happening? Well, first of all, let me back up and throw out a few numbers. And I promise I'm just going to throw out, I think, three numbers. And that's the end of the statistics. And okay. then it'll be just <laughs> cool. talking. Yeah, fine, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. When you talk about the difference between 30, 40 years ago and now, in 1990, one out of every 10 marriages of couples over 50 ended in divorce. Currently, one out of four marriages of couples over 50 end in divorce. And 66% of great divorces are initiated by women. Ooh. So there you have the numbers. Now, yeah. in terms of, and which is why I think our conversation could be so helpful for so many of your guests because two thirds of great divorces are initiated by women. And so the number one reason, I, I would say if you could put it under, under an umbrella of why this is increasing, the answer is because we can. In the 1970s, women, for the most part, could not support themselves. Uh, yes. They could not get a mortgage without their husbands signing the deed and signing off on the mortgage or a bank loan unless their husbands signed. They couldn't get credit cards in their own name, even if they were the main breadwinners. And for many of us, not everybody, but for many of us, our financial situations have changed where yes. we are more empowered financially. And so the fact is women, many, many women don't have to stay in bad marriages anymore or in marriages that have outlived their usefulness Mm -hmm. because they're not financially stuck yes. in the same way they used to be. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, that uh, makes totally sense uh, that uh, women nowadays um, have the opportunity to make a living for themselves, that they are not anymore depending on their husband to... Um, to to pay for everything that they need and that is a, a good a, a reason why uh, i think it has increased nowadays more because uh, yeah women can live by themselves as a single person yeah i see that right right and another factor is increased longevity it used to be that 
people would work until they were 62 or 65 years old. They would get their gold watch from the company. And if they were lucky, they had a few years of good health to enjoy themselves. Now, if you're fortunate enough to be able to retire at 65, you might have 20, 25 more good years of life. And so for many people, their marriages are just not meant to survive for 50, 60, 70 years. People change, people grow. And sometimes they change and grow differently. Exactly. And so increased lifespan is another factor. Yeah. A third factor is, again, until the until the 1990s, divorce was a litigated process, and you needed grounds for divorce. There were seven grounds that you could use to get a divorce. And so by definition, it was an adversarial process where one person had to be the villain. And especially when both people wanted the divorce and it was a collaborative divorce and it was a friendly divorce or they wanted it to be a friendly divorce, it became a terrible process because you had to stand up in court and tell the court, tell the world what a horrible person your spouse was and the terrible things they did to you. And that also impacts your children, no matter how old they are. If you have to stand up there and in some cases make up stories about how terrible your partner was just to get a divorce. And now with no-fault divorce being available and in every state in the United States and required in many states, you don't have the adversarial victim-villain dynamic that you used to have. Yes, yes, that's definitely um, a big change. I think that that now the legal uh, requirements have changed so that um, there is no blaming anymore of who is the person that uh, caused uh, the the trouble in the marriage so that uh, they don't need to have an, a specific reason. It can be uh, done, um, arranged without having to, to be at fault. Uh, for somebody. It's just, um, yeah, if you notice that there is no future together, then you should be able to um, get a divorce. And that is what is uh, luckily happening, not just here in the United States, but I think um, more uh, in, uh, in other countries worldwide as well, that that is, in, in meanwhile, they have realized that it's not always um, necessary or possible to find somebody who is at fault or who is to blame for what is happening. And, and that is the only reason to do it. Uh, yeah. And I loved it that you said um, people have another 25 to 30 years to live. And that is still a long time to live for. And if you then have to stay with a person where you do not have that loving connection anymore, that can be a really a tough um, future. So making that decision is 
not easy. So what do you think is, what women fear most about making that decision when they are 50 um, that, that would uh, happen after they divorce? What is the biggest fear they have? Well, the big, and by the way, if I could just go way back for a second and give the actual definition of gray divorce, it is splitting up after age 50. And so we're talking 50, but it could be 60, 70, 80 years old. And the two greatest fears women have about divorcing later in life are number one, being alone. Who is going to take care of me? Am I going to find somebody else? Am I going to spend the rest of my life alone? And the second greatest fear they have are is of finances. Am I going to have enough money for this? Especially when they did not in, initiate the divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I I can I uh, can totally see that, uh, especially um, if you are already in your fifties or even in your sixties. And you always had somebody else who was taking care of the financial side. And then all of a sudden you have to realize that you would be maybe on your own for the next 30 years. That is a, is a, it's a, it's a big uh, f- part of your life where you have no idea how you're going to gonna cover that, how you're going to uh, create that, that uh, security net of uh, the financial side, but also being lonely. The uh, the older we get, um, it's it's. I think it's a part of um, realizing that uh, we do not have life forever. But if you were thinking of getting old with somebody together, and that uh, all of a sudden changes, that is big. That is a, a big fear for yeah to realize. Oh my God, what's going to happen now? Right. And it's an even bigger concern among people of color because they they tend to have less financial assets to begin with. Yeah. And so when you're splitting less financial assets, obviously you're left in worse situations. And Mm -hmm. also they women of color tend to have less kinship care available to them. They tend to marry later to begin with. And there is a higher rate, especially among the black community of their male children being incarcerated. And so those are even bigger obstacles than what many of us face. Yes, um, it, it, it's hard it, uh, just to, to think about um, that uh, your whole structure, your whole familiarity is, is gone once you decide, uh, okay, I'm going to leave this person, I'm going to leave this house, where will I be? What is going to happen to the children? Um, and and like you mentioned already, the finances, 
splitting up what you thought was something you had saved for together is, uh, is, is, is completely different if you only have half of it and not the full amount to rely on when you are already in your 50s. Because it's not always easy as a, as a woman often to find uh, work or employment again to um, make your retirement nest egg better or to have living conditions uh, to, to start off with that can uh, pay for everything that you need. It's not that, that easy once we are 50 or 60 to just change and, and get that kind of um, employment and life again. Right, and especially if you didn't work outside the home to begin with or you didn't work in a career-type position with flexibility to grow over your lifespan. Yes, that's exactly. Um, and that's what happens quite a lot, that women still are the person that has stayed home or has chosen a position or a job that might not initially be the, 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 the better paying one. They might have just chosen a job to, uh, to do something, to support a family and not being the position or the work that they really would love to do or where they would qualify for um, with their past experiences. So it's it's not so um, simple to say, okay, I'm, I'm just going to change jobs and I get a better uh, better career. So what I, uh, you mentioned uh, something about the children in, in it. Um, how do you see the relationship with the children in uh, in the divorce what's happening there well there is a term for the children that there's an acronym it's called ACODS adult children of divorce and this refers to children who are adults when their parents divorce and the misconception is for the children that they're adults, they will understand, they can just suck up their losses and move on with it. And one of the real challenges for adult children of divorce is they don't get the opportunity to grieve in the same way because it's just assumed they'll understand and they can handle it there are a lot of very real financial challenges for ACODs. A lot of times the grandparents provide childcare. All of a sudden the parents are getting divorced and the grandparents have to go back to work and they can, or one of them moves away and they lose their childcare. They may have been promised things. They may have been promised I'll pay for, college or graduate school or your wedding, or I'll give you a down payment on the house, suddenly the assets are divided and that's gone. And so those are very real challenges, but there are also a lot of family dynamics that get changed. And because the children are adults, oftentimes the parents will just 
will will tell them things that you still should not tell your children. They will, first of all, they can get really trapped in loyalty issues. And they, their parents will confide about what their mother did or what their father did, or they'll talk about the affair they had, or they'll talk about things that they think the parents think they're talking to a friend. And no matter how old your children are, your children are still your children. And what I tell people who are getting divorced is you still need to love your child more than you hate your spouse and to not lean on them as a friend. Yeah. And uh, in Bombay, um, you think, okay, they are adults. So like you, you, you mentioned, you think they can um, relate, they can relativate all the information they get and process it. But there's still this feeling of, I love this person. It's my dad. It's my mom. So you still have to think about that when you when you talk about them and you can't just talk about how you see the situation and 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 not how how um, your mom or your your your, your spouse was uh, in in the and why it all happened they still they have a parents and there's a mom and a dad so they have feelings for both of them and there's uh, yeah that's definitely a not easy situation for the child to be in. And especially if there were some um, situations in their life already with, uh, like you say, grandchildren and financial support and that kind of thing makes it for them much more uh, difficult as what you would expect. Um, a lot of people don't th even think about that. The children are affected by the divorce as well. Um, and they only think, okay, yeah, when they are little, that um, there's more um, a support and uh, with it as when they are older. But that's not the case. There's definitely there um, an area where we often overlook what the consequences are, how they impact them, I think. So um, we're talking here about a lot of the, the negative side of the divorce is there an um, an upside at doing um uh, deciding to say hey um i think we should should split up well yes there are several upsides one is for many 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 women it is a chance to get to know themselves and to self-actualize and to develop interests and hobbies and maybe even job opportunities that they didn't have while they were while while they were organized around taking care of the home and the family and many women have partners who as they get older and retire want their wives around even more whereas the wives are saying I've been taking care of people for 30 years now. It's time for me. And so this is an opportunity. There is also for many women who never had 
a particularly fulfilling sex life with their partner, with their spouse. Yeah. It's an opportunity to experience intimacy in very different, more fulfilling ways. Yes, and that that can happen too. Uh, that um, often, uh, or I don't want to say often, but after childbirth and the children are there and they are starting to go kindergarten, whatever, all of a sudden um, some things change in life and uh, it's not as uh, passionate and fun anymore as what it used to be when people got married. I have uh, friends where I talk with, yes, where they say, okay, um, Maria, um, I'm not happy anymore in, in my life because of what has happened. And I want to look for somebody else because I want this intimacy with somebody. I want to be able to have fun when I, I'm with a guy and uh, really enjoy um, being intimate. So I know that that is a reason for some women to say, okay, maybe it's uh, time to make that change and to uh, say goodbye. And you still can stay in good contact with each other because you still have children who might get married at some time in their life and you both have to show up there as uh, as being uh, the parents of the the bride but um it still uh gives you then the opportunity to say hey uh, i want more as what i have right now that's really i think for many women uh the reason to say okay let's do it let's get divorced what do you think and you are starting from a position of maybe the passion has faded over time, but in many, many relationships, especially with older couples, the passion might not have ever been there to begin with. The sex might've been perfunctory from the get-go. And I know a lot of women in their 60s and 70s who have said to me, I've never experienced fulfillment in my relationship. It was just something you did. Uh-huh. And then they find out for whatever reasons that there is, there is a lot better for them out there. And I'm not saying that the passion waning is a reason to leave a marriage because nothing lasts forever. And as we get older in healthy marriages, we learn to adjust as libidos change, as physical problems start to happen and all that. But for those who have made the decision, it affords an opportunity for an intimate life that is fulfilling maybe for the first time. Right. I, 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 yeah, I can see that. Um, yes, we all change. Our bodies change um, in that respect. Yes. That we have a, a different way of experiencing um, sex in our lives. So, but still um, you can be even at 60 or 70, you can be intimate with somebody 
and have uh, a great uh, experience about it as long as you're both uh, happy. So yes, um, it, it's it's not the only reason, but it, it could be part of making that decision to say, okay, I, uh, I, I, uh, I don't want to stay in this marriage. I want to have the next 30 or 40 years do what I want to do, first of all, do something that I like. And I mentioned already that uh, often women have chosen a, a, a job or a work environment uh, because of the family situation and not because of what they really wanted. So this uh, midlife uh, change in their marriage gives them um, an opportunity to look at what, uh, what can I do? How can I find my gift and my purpose for the world and, and live a different life? Right. I, you know, I'm thinking of one of my former clients who went through a great divorce and she had said to me through her husband was a very high powered executive and throughout their entire marriage, he was transferred every year or two. And she said, my job literally was to move the household. And she did this dozens of times throughout their marriage. And she said, you know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to living in one place and not moving again. Yeah. And I can understand that uh, too. Uh, in one way, it seems exciting to live somewhere else uh, every two years, especially if it's worldwide uh, and say, okay, yeah, I lived in France and I lived here and there. But looking back, it's very unsettling, especially if you are the one who is doing all the practical organizing and you don't have that feeling that uh, there is more to, to it as as just being um, yeah, the assistant who, who takes care of that part of, of, of their life. Um, yes, so what are some ways that you, uh, women who are thinking about retirement can find uh, um, support for what they're thinking? Is there, um, what shall I say, other um, uh, places where they can find information? Is there uh, an organization that will help them um, say, okay, if you're thinking about um, divorce, you need to think about this. You need to be uh, thinking about finance. You need to think about whatever. Is there other organizations like that that could help them and, and give them a little um, yeah, um, knowledge on how to handle that situation why, uh, that they want to get out? What are your suggestions for them to do? Yes, there are all kinds of resources. And I have a whole chapter in my book called Seeking Support. But to give you just a couple of bullet points, and yeah. let me break it down into three different scenarios. One scenario is if you've already decided, if, if you are initiating and you've decided that you want a divorce, there's a chance, there's a good chance you're not coming in to see me because you've made a decision. And generally, once you've made the decision, you're doing so with the plan in mind and you've come to terms with it. And in almost three decades of 
the work I've been doing, nobody has ever called me and said, I feel really good about the decision I've just made. I'd like to come in and talk with you. And so for the people who have already made the decision, the other than what I said about making sure you treat your children like your children and not like your friend or your therapist, what I would suggest is to go for the most collaborative divorce you possibly can, whether it's through a mediator, which is the easiest, least expensive way, or there are now a lot of collaborative family law attorneys who work together to support the whole system and make it an equitable and as inexpensive a process as possible for the whole system. And then you have people who are divorce questioning and really struggling with the decision. And that would be a good time to work with a therapist Mm -hmm. to help you figure out what is it I really want what would my life look like? What are my fears? How do I move through my fears? And then you have the the women who have had divorce thrust on them. And that is generally the most traumatic kind of divorce if you don't want it. And again, definitely work with a therapist But there are also a whole slew of other resources. There are divorce coaches, people who specialize in getting you through the nuts and bolts, whether it's figuring out where to live, helping you pack up your house, helping you make financial decisions, um, helping you put together a resume. And I'm sure you have a lot more information on the, the nuts and bolts of that than I do. There, I'm a big mind-body person, and the best way to calm your mind is to calm and take care of your body. And you may want to look into things like meditation, yoga therapy, all kinds of different ways to take care of yourself both physically and mentally at the same time. There are support groups. There are a lot of support groups there. I would be very careful with the online support groups because a lot of times the people who are, for example, Facebook support groups, they tend to be peer groups Mm -hmm. and not moderated by a professional. And a lot of times they become bashing sessions for who has the worst story. Yeah. And so make sure if you're joining a support group that you know who is running the group, what is the intention of the group? Is there a structure? And the, again, the best piece of advice I have for everybody is to keep, do whatever you can to keep the process as collaborative as possible and to know that even if this is not your choice, that there are still plenty of options left for you in life. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, Yeah, I, I, 
it's it's a um, it's a difficult situation, and like you mentioned, there's uh, different ways on how it happens. You either make that choice yourself, and if you are uh, uh, willing to make that choice and say, okay, I have a, uh, I I don't want to continue, then most of the time you stand to it, even if there are still fears in, in the back of your mind of what's going to happen and how and and things like that, but at least you made that decision. But often as a woman, we are the one who is looking at the whole situation and we're looking about uh, at children and we're looking at our finances and we're looking at um, uh, what will happen with me. And, and that is the difficult time really to, to get to that um, decision making and saying, yes, I'm going to go through with it. I'm going to look after myself. I can take care of myself. I'm capable of doing that. And um, that is a, a, a tough situation. Yeah. And if if the other side, the other party is the one that lets, uh, that tells you, okay, uh, I want a divorce, that's even harder sometimes, especially if you didn't realize that that was 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 happening or that that was something that would be coming up in in your future um so support is really important and like you say facebook probably is not the best place to look for that um therapy um and and groups um that have a a therapist or a, a coach that uh, is uh, expert in, in, in these kind of things is much more, of course, uh, beneficial to somebody who is really thinking or in the situation of divorce, um, shall I do it or shall I not do it? And Maria, if there's one thing I can suggest for everybody, whether you've initiated or had divorce thrust on you, it's really beneficial to take time and space to do some work on yourself. Relationships function in patterns. Everybody contributes to their own part in the unhealthy dynamic. Each person is responsible for changing their part in it. Now, this is not about blame. And it doesn't mean if your husband cheated on you or was physically abusive, or was an addict, that you are in any way at fault or responsible for that. However, we all bring in our dynamics that contribute to why we stay in those situations, or why a marriage is volatile, or why it's disengaged. And this is truly an opportunity to take a look in how you function in intimate relationships so that whether you're, you get into another relationship with another partner eventually, or just in the relationships with other people in your life that you can learn, how do I change my unhealthy part in a dynamic? And so I really encourage everybody to take that deep dive in working with a therapist to find out 
what am I bringing into a relationship that would be healthier for me to change going forward? Huh. Yes, that are really, really wise words, what you're saying there, because we are all involved in that particular relationship. So we have our own um, way of being, our own beliefs, our own patterns that we have taken from wherever in the last 50 or 60 years, as long as we've been alive. So we have an influence on that situation too. So realizing what is your part in how it is now, um, on how it has become the way it is right now, is is very important. Because if you don't, if you if you don't realize that that is um, um, an effect that you have an effect on the situation, then you will take that with you for your next re uh, relationship again. If you are um, uh, looking for a, a, a different. A spouse, a different boyfriend, you will take yourself with you and, and, and you, all your habits and thinking and, and, and beliefs, you will take them because that's who you are unless you work on those things and see, hey, what was it that maybe um, I contributed to this situation or what did I do that I could have maybe done and we could have um, solve this situation earlier, sooner, whatever, maybe not. Um, exactly. Or where do I need to learn to start to set boundaries with people? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that is an opportunity that I see for women who are making that choice to leave one part of their life behind and say, okay, uh, I was married for so long. I have a, a couple of beautiful children. We had great times when we went on vacation. We had parties with um, our birthdays and Thanksgiving and all that kind of things. But now it's my time. Now I have time for me and I'm looking for how I can flourish in the next 20 or 30 years. And that can be solo or it can be with somebody else in, in that part of life. So um, I, I have to say, I would love to talk with you much more, but we are getting, oh, the, the time is flying as always in uh, when I'm talking to people about an interesting topic like this is, and there's so many aspects and uh, on, on, on this uh, particular area and, uh, that involves so many people. So you have uh, a book. Can you talk a little bit about how people can get a, uh, the book as well as how they can get in touch with you if they have questions about divorce or, um, yeah, so if they, if that is possible at all, if if, if they can ask you questions, um, yeah, let the audience know what what the possibilities are. Yes, of course. The book is called Gray Divorce: Everything You Need to Know About Later Life Breakups. You can get it on Amazon as either an ebook or as a paperback. You can also get it through BookBaby.com. I do periodically run promos. For example, I don't know when this is airing, but we're recording in August 
August is the second highest month for divorce filings. And so I am running an August promo on the book right now on both of those sites. And you can get in touch with me through my website, which is Linda Hirschman, H-E-R-S-H-M-A-N.com. And on the website, that will also link you to my social media and I believe to my email as well. And so, or just Google me. I come up all over the place. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's how I uh, how I looked at your website uh, uh, yesterday, and I I saw that you had uh, the book was on your website. Um, yes, so it, it's definitely Google is a great source for finding information about people and and books. So um, the book is on Amazon and that's where I got it. Um, So listeners, when you are in that situation and you want to really um, see what your options are for how to decide and what to, what is all uh, areas that you need to think of in order to, to make it go as uh, unproblematic as possible for both parties, as, um, then that would be a great book and resource to have to look at if you are in that situation right now. So, Linda, I thank you so much for sharing this with us this morning. And I, I know there are a lot of women who needed to hear this today or in the next couple of weeks. There is, um, when, when we air this podcast, I hope there are many women who will listen and we will see, A, I'm not alone. B, there is professional help where I can go, where I can talk to somebody who understands my situation. And then also um, see that there are opportunities. And that reminds me that, yes, my affirmation for this show was I will emerge from this experience as a happier woman. And that's what I wish to everybody who's listening, uh, that even if it might seem like um, a painful situation, um, there is a future and you have a choice and you have an option to make it better for you. So thank you for being here, Linda. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun and I hope we can do this again. Oh, yes. I, I have other things in mind where I would love for you to be a part of. So listeners, it's time. It's time again. I don't know. It it always goes so fast. So uh, I have to wrap this up. And I thank you for tuning in to the show this month. It's always aired on the last Wednesday of the month. So if you are listening, the next one is coming out um, probably four or five weeks from today. I hope you enjoy the topic. If you have any questions about this uh, or, or in general about retiring, please feel free to send me an email to maria 
at marialukasenhq.com. That's also the address where you can get more information about my 90-day group program, Next Chapter Roadmap, that is starting in September. I would love to hear from you. I wish you all a great day. And until we talk again, take care. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. Your host, Maria Lukasen, will return with another show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll help you enjoy better retirement.